Hey everybody, welcome back to Kicking It in the Second Half, Kish YZ. Keep wanting to say kicks in the second half. I get the two confused between the two types of content. But yeah, I'm kicking off season two. This is episode one, season two. Nothing special. I wanted to do a special podcast, then just realized that I'm constantly working on other things and just kept the same routine. So I didn't really make any room to do that like I was thinking I would in my head. But that's okay. I can always go back and do it later. Or just wait till the following year when I complete year two. But March 3rd, aka Trey Day, which is what I called it last year, uh, is the anniversary date for the Kish YZ podcast uh, back in 2021. On that date was when we recorded the first podcast. So real quick, at the very beginning, while I have your attention, I do want to shout out to some day ones for sure. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Dejuan the All Star, who picked us up off of YouTube. I think it's when I did a PPF, which I haven't done one of those in a long time. And if you're not too familiar with that content that I had on YouTube, the PPFs are a past, present, future. I do have those recorded on Anchor.fm and Spotify as well, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You could check it out there, but I would break down, basically go over some numbers or stats from the players past, depending on how long they were in the league. Currently, depends on how much stats they had as far as what we can give. And then the present, which is basically going over where they were in the current season, kind of as far as getting to the playoffs or not getting to the playoffs or what type of performance they were having if they were an MVP type of caliber player that year or so be it things like that I'm just trying to actually remember the content that I was talking about and then the future which was the interesting part for me because that's when I could kind of go into a projection or an outlook of a guess of what I think might happen based off what I've seen so far outside of injuries. Cause you never want to see anybody get injured. Of course, you know, if I had did a PPF years ago before I was doing this on Derek Rose, I'm sure it wouldn't have turned out the way I would have said it, but those were fun. And if I have time, yes, I would love to do a PPF again because they, they were, a uh, different form of content that I thought was pretty creative, but just a way of plugging something in to have something to go by as far as uh, making other content for the actual podcast. But those were like little short segments, I guess you could c- include in the makeup of the podcast channel or show. But anyway, I kind of deviated off of that. Yeah, Deja Wanda All-Star hit us up on a, I think we did Donovan Mitchell because I had think I had just done one of his shoes, I believe, which I'll get to that in a little bit. And then I did his PPF, and I remember doing it with Cousin Fred. Shout out to Cousin Fred. Hadn't been on here in a, in a long while, but we did that PPF, and then Deja on the All-Star hit us up. And then I remember contacting Hugh late that morning, like 3 a.m. after I saw you know the, the message and stuff on the YouTube page. As far as us needing to get out another one. Because I was like, hey, we might be on on to something as far as having somebody that's interested in this content. Maybe others will be interested into it. And we just so happen to 
do, you know, Donovan Mitchell, like I said, and Dejuan Nolstar is out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Shout out to Utah. And we proceeded to do a Rudy Gobert. Now, those weren't our first PPFs. I can't remember who the first PPF is. If I'm not mistaken, without looking or cheating, I think it was Julius Randle. I feel like it was the PPF. And I could be wrong. But anyway, that's how that happened. So I just wanted to give a brief shout out there and just a little bit of a backstory on that. And then shout out to Coach Monk, who I met through social media on Instagram and Twitter, but mainly Instagram. And I actually met him through Tavern Geek. And shout out to Tavern Geek. Greek, uh, Tavern Geek, my bad. I think he has not made any content here lately, but hopefully he'll get back on. Maybe he's doing a rebranding. I'm not sure. But I met him through just channeling social networking on Instagram. And uh, oh, that's how I met Coach Monk. I, I know Tavern Geek in person as far as being uh, a co-worker and everything. And actually, Tavern Geek is where I started doing some podcasting. I kind of had this concept before, not really calling it a podcast, but like wanting to record a video on YouTube or a couple videos on YouTube with a gathering of friends before COVID. Probably back in like 2016 is when I originally had the idea. Just thought of a couple friends who liked playing fantasy basketball with me. We played basketball on the side in the gym after work sometimes and just had an interest in, in talking about the sport as far as on the NBA level, level, and I thought it'd be cool if we can kind of sit together, maybe like chill out in the garage and just pull up some chairs, kind of have it like, not quite inside the NBA, but kind of like that portion that they had, what was it, Area 52, 42, I can't remember when they had like that Kevin Garnett segment, if y'all remember, where it was like Kevin Garnett, then like a, a different type of uh, former player, like Rasheed Wallace, maybe another guy, like anywhere from two to four of them. So I thought if I had like three to four of us, I think I thought that would be pretty cool to have attempted, but that never came about. And I was just kind of waiting for the time, uh, not to deviate off of this too much, but I do uh, enjoy landscaping and working on the art. So back then, that's like all I was doing. Like that was such a big hobby and I still enjoy doing that. I just have done so much that I don't need to do as much within a year's time of being outside but I was just so heavily involved in that outside of actually just playing basketball on the side that I didn't make time to do YouTube so when it came to the Tavern Geek fast forward to December 2020 actually so you know during COVID and everything I guess he had already made plans to make an arrangement of himself the Tavern Geek uh, our friend uh, Zach who we call Zach Attack uh, our friend Byron, a.k.a. Yourbud36, shout out to him because he's been on our podcast before, uh, especially when we first started out, but he's a Twitch streamer. You can uh, catch him on uh, social media and Twitch and YouTube, Yourbud36, all one word, uh, your Y-O-U-R-B-U-D 36. And uh, and then, of course, myself, uh, which they all call me D. And I think I kind of got the nickname Dulk Banner because Hulk is like my favorite Marvel character. So Tavern Geek just decided to call me Dulk for uh, just entertainment purposes, I guess. Or sometimes, you know, uh, I don't know, like Dr. Banner. I can't remember what, what all 
he was calling me, but it was kind of a cool concept, just something to uh, to start out with, because you know you're not sure how things are going to turn out as far as where you start and where you end, or how you progress, or how you change and evolve. I guess that's the word I wanted to say. But we started that. We did the first airing. I think it was all four of us, I recall. And then I think we did another one about it's either two to four weeks later. I can't remember. It's kind of distant, but it was still fresh. But we had to coordinate our times because it was our day off. But we were kind of working different shifts. Your bud and myself, we were working second. The Tavern Geek was working first. And Zach Attack, or Zach Hammer, he was working uh, third shift. So Friday nights was like the best for us because none of us were working on Friday night. But we tried to uh, coordinate when we could. And that's how I started podcasting. And we did record those uh, as far as a video as well as the audio only. So the videos were cool, like getting on the podcast, seeing us chat, and then it switched back and forth, just seeing us try to use whatever inexpensive equipment we could, which was basically our phones for the most part. I think the Tavern Geek had his uh, computer, his MacBook. And we just made it happen, and it was just fun talking about basketball. And and then I, I liked it so much that I was like, man, I would like to actually do this more often, just as something to do and to keep it fresh, but I needed kind of like a partner, like, you know, somebody who would be able to do it with me at the same time on on the the schedule that didn't interfere with the Tavern Geek schedule. So doing it weekly during the week after work, need somebody on second shift, and that's where uh Hugh came into the picture. He was not featured on the uh Tavern Geek podcast, but we started Kish YZ. It's funny, we were actually in a fantasy basketball league. And we both got kicked out of that league. Uh, maybe we can go into details of that later if y'all want. But we basically got kicked out. Looking for something to do. I had already had the idea in mind of doing a spinoff podcast because of being able to do it more frequently. Uh, like I said, almost daily as far as five days a week, four to five days a week. Just to see what happens and just to keep us talking about basketball. And then, like I said, once we got kicked out of that fantasy league, it's kind of like, okay, we were talking like, okay, when we're going to do that podcast, when we're going to start actually putting out uh, some content because we talk about it all the time at work. Then I picked a date. I was like, let's go March 3rd. I think it was a Thursday, which for us with our schedule, Thursday was basically like our Friday. We didn't have to go to work the next day. So I was like, let's aim for that. And that's how that got started as far as the date. Don't remember what we talked about in the first podcast. I remember wearing my OKC beanie, which is my favorite team personally. And I, I do like most of the former players. Uh, Russell Westbrook. I'll probably just end it there. And I had a Chromebook and I still have that Chromebook. Don't really use it for much of anything, but the Chromebook, I tried to record through that. Didn't really work out the way I thought it would. I think the audio might have came out okay, but the video feed did not. Just could not withstand holding all of that uh, power that it needed to uh, do the feeds for the videos between all of us. But it was fun to do. You you just try and you got to get something out there and you just experiment. And then once you get that first little bit out there and then you do it again, then you see what works, see what doesn't work. 
I mean, sometimes when I'm doing these, I think the last episode, I might have not been too close. And it's my fault. I didn't go back and listen to it. A lot of times I'm just moving on from whatever project I'm working on or working on to the next project. And I do need to go back sometimes and just make sure everything's okay. But I do try to do a quick mic test if I can before I start recording just to see if I can get the audio at least decent. But yeah, we did that. And that's how that came about. And yeah, shout out to Hugh. Um, It's been a while since he was on here last. But I've been kind of doing so much of the editing for the YouTube, which has basically become like my channel for shoes content. And I just spend so much time with that, that these podcasts, I'm actually doing it at a different time than I used to do it when we were doing it together. It was late at night, but this is actually even later. Just to give you a reference, it is now like 312 a.m. And, uh, you know, even when I do the shoes videos, sometimes it's right after work, but it's like a little bit before midnight or something. So half the time I'm kind of tired in some of those videos, especially the talking head portion where I'm showing the shoe in hand. Uh, usually I shoot the other portions at different times or different days. And then obviously the editing comes together. But yeah, so it's it's late. I'm awake. I'm doing well. I had some coffee earlier. And that'll keep me going. Then after this, I'll have to try to wind down to get a sleep schedule. But I'm kind of doing stuff in a way where I'm working on the side without literally working. But have these hours after work where it's kind of like I'm still doing some type of productive work. But this is what you would consider like a side hustle type of thing. And then I get some sleep and then try to hit it again the next day. And that, that's how it's been going lately. So yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this solo most of the time now when you hear me. And also the reason why I have to try to get this out here at least bi-weekly so I can kind of work it back into my schedule because for months there I didn't do any podcasts. And I was just so focused on YouTube and then having to learn how to edit and all that. It just takes so much time and I had to, you know, pick a lane basically, you know, the the saying where you know you stay the course as far as what you want to do you pick and i was like you know what i could still do the podcast here and there i do like talking about basketball and you know talking about it by myself is a little bit different but there's things that's in my head that i can write on paper that i kind of do want to get out and i will get to basketball during this podcast but like i said i'm kind of merging the the year anniversary with this podcast episode to start off season 2 and I do want to shout out, uh, did I shout out Coach Monk? Yes, I did. Um, I think you're from the Houston area, if I'm not mistaken. I know you liked one of my photos when I had the Luka Doncic jersey on, so that kind of threw me off. I was like, okay, Texas for sure. I can kind of hear it in your voice, which is dope. I love your voice. And I was just like, okay, maybe uh, maybe Dallas. I'm not too familiar. You know, never been over there. And then I think it came out for sure when I had something else on, a different outfit, and I had the Rockets beanie on, and you were like, yeah, that's 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 my jam, basically. So, yeah, shout out to uh, Coach Monk. You can check him out on the socials as well. I do follow him. He follows me. Um, I can't remember the exact handle, but it's Coach Monk. You can go to my friends list if you want to find out and uh, you know type in Coach Monk or look through my followers or who I'm following 
And like I said, a shout out to your bud 36. I feel like I am missing somebody. Those those were my big three. Like my big three that is continuing is Dejuan the All-Star, Coach Monk, and your bud 36. Not in any particular order, but we're all kind of doing different things. And it's cool how I met two out of three. Uh, your bud 36 is somebody who I also work with alongside. And I've known him for years. So um, it wasn't hard for us, obviously, to coordinate things together. But we do do two different content. He does like basketball, but he's not watching it as much because he's a video game streamer. I do play some video games with him. In particular, like he wants me to play Overwatch with him. So I do join him for his stream. I don't usually talk. You don't see my face. And I'm not a huge gamer. I make it work. Like That's literally the only game I will play. And just to play with him and uh, his wife and uh, some of our friends as well. Sometimes on the weekends. And that's about it. I'm not a, really a gamer. I kind of get out of it at times. Sometimes I'll just shut off whatever I'm playing. Whatever system. And just go a couple months without doing any of that. Like I said, when the summer comes and the war, uh, the weather gets warmer. I'm definitely going to be outside more often. And then I'll record these podcasts and sound really stuffy from allergies because I do have this, <laughs> but I love it anyway. It's worth it to me, but yeah. And shout out to uh, any of the new listen, new listeners out there and new supporters, especially on the YouTube. It is definitely growing. And I appreciate that with the content, uh, a quick shout out. Somebody I just got a message from on Instagram. If I'm pronouncing the name right, it's Moima or uh, Mona, I think might be the the name for the the handle is Moima, M O U I M A W, um, you know, giving me uh, shout outs and some likes, encouragement for my content that I'm doing with, you know, the sneakers and the wardrobe and everything on Instagram. So yeah, uh, always great to have supporters and encouragement, and I'm encouraging all of my day ones as well to keep doing what you're doing. And that actually motivates and pushes me, even if you're doing something different than what I'm doing, just to know that, you know, somebody has your back. And then also that, you know, you want to see them be successful and then you want to follow that up with your own success in your own way. It doesn't have to be the exact same way. So I do love feeding off that energy and we definitely have supported each other, uh, at least the whole time I've been basically on uh, active on on social media you know just a quick reference before youtube i didn't have any social media i'm like i was kind of like an anti-social media person not that i hated social media it just wasn't for me like when i go outside and do landscaping i'm in a zone that's just me like i'm listening to music i have my headphones on but like i don't really want to be bothered too much i'm just kind of like in a whole different element that i can just vibe with that I have all these creations in my head and then I'm able to use my hands to uh, make it appear, but it's still kind of a like a long-term effect, but it's like one step out of the time. So I think that's kind of helped to transfer that type of work ethic into the content that I'm creating as I'm, you know, exploring different concepts, getting better, uh, taking bits and pieces from different people and putting them into my own idea or own creation. So uh, yeah, I do want to, yeah, just shout out everybody and, and uh, say congratulations on where you're at. And I appreciate you helping me get through year one without it feeling like, you know, should I be doing this type of thing? Because when you start, nobody knows you. And you got to kind of make 
some type of impact on your own by just putting stuff out there and then see who bites. So if anybody's wanting to podcast or anything or YouTube, definitely go for it. But also at some point down the road, just learn that if you want growth, and this is basically anything in life, if you want growth, then you're going to have to look at where you're at, evaluate what you can do to be better. Don't always feel like, okay, well, this is what I was doing in the past. Let me get back to that. You can get back to that as far as if that makes you feel like you're having some type of fun or you're wanting to just be back to basic, but never feel like you have to go completely back because that can set you your mindset back into a place where it's actually pulling you back down instead of pushing you forward. It's going to be tough to grow and go forward because it's not easy. And that is a pun or a cliche that not a pun, a cliche that people say all the time, you know, nothing's, if it's worth doing, it's not, you know, if it's, what is it? My gosh, I, why do I sound like George Bush? No, no offense against people like George Bush, but, um, you know, anything worth doing, you know, there basically might be a challenge to it. So if you're going to, do that, realize that you're going to have some hiccups and you're going to have moments where you feel like, is this the right thing, what I should be doing? But that's why you have your friends, you have your supporters, and then you have yourself as encouragement. Always look at where you were before you're, uh, you evaluate where you're going forward because if you look at where you were, chances are you're better now than you were six months ago. And if that's not the case, see what you can do to make yourself better than you were six months ago. And then going forward, another six months from then, do do the same process. Even if you're doing well and you're being successful, if you want that growth, see where you're at and then add something to that or polish something off that makes you more refined, makes you more creative, makes you more diverse to get you going forward. And sometimes it does take a helping hand, but you have to look at those signs as well. If somebody's giving you food to feed you, then you take it upon yourself to, you know, enjoy the nourishment and be thankful and you pass it forward and realize that there's others that might be uh, in need of help. When you get the opportunity to show some assistance, you do that. But then there's times where you have to dig deep and do you and, and be on your own and know that, hey, you know, I might not have the support I feel like I need at the moment. But you have yourself and you have your own encouragement and people will be gracious as far as what you're doing and how they perceive you and how they look at you as a person and think that, well, wow, this is somebody who I can vibe with or this is somebody who I see that won't give up and they are on a mission as far as trying to build themselves and be a great person or, you know, provide entertainment Anything like this is just basically entertainment for people. You know, you might be driving down the road. You might be on a bus. You might be a truck driver. You could be anybody. You could be somebody in between uh, classes. Another country, you know, shout out to people in other countries. Like, I don't know who all is actually listening to this. I mean, I can kind of take a guess that some people might actually hit play. It's not very many people right now, but that's cool. Like, because I like doing this podcast. And that's why I still do this podcast, even though I'm more focused on the YouTube content for sneakers. This is still something I enjoy doing, so I'm going to put this out there. And I feel like this is at least maybe a third or more of 
the podcast, I try to keep these around an hour and my timer saying it's about 24 minutes in. So I think I kind of gotten out there most of what I've wanted to get out as far as uh, basically getting started where I'm at, you know, going forward, I continue to uh, want to put in the work to grow and see how things are. So some things are planned out, but it's not super detailed because I know the details can change or something can happen that is unexpected. And that's just how you have to roll with it sometimes. But back uh, to year one, because I did say I would get to the sneaker content. I think around this time last year, because of the way the bubble season worked out and it pushed the NBA season back as far as the uh, 2020 to 2021 season. So this was like leading up to the all-star break and then the sec which is considered the second half of the NBA season after the all-star break. So it was cool how we had the name or had the name kicking it in the second half because we kind of got kicked out of the fantasy league. So I kind of was wanting to use the word kick somewhere in there. Then I was like, you know what? Well, I was thinking of like that KG show that I was talking about that Kevin Garnett portion, like, Hey, they're just kicking it around. Like, Hey, why can't we kick it? And then I was like the second half, I was like, Oh, the second half, because I wanted to do a spinoff of the Tavern Geek podcast. And then also, Oh, the second half is the NBA season. It's coming up. Or if you're looking at um, like inside the, NBA on TNT or something like that, like the second half of a, of a game, like does that make sense for like an NBA podcast? And I thought it was pretty cool. And I was like, well, it's it's a lot to say. <laughs> I don't mind saying it, but like just writing it out there. So I'm like, what does this make as far as like some type of acronym or something? So I'm like, Kish. I'm like, oh, let's go with Kish. And I think I typed it in. I was like, okay, there's some Kish out there on YouTube. So then I was like, where, what else could I add to that or kind of make it slightly different where it could stand out? And then the YZ portion came from uh, when I was creating the podcast, like I said, because of my coworkers, some of us are Gen Y and some, some of us are Gen Z. So that I was like, okay, well, let's do, do it that way because we're getting the modern perspectives of the NBA through the minds of Gen Y, Gen Z. So that's how I came up with the name Kish YZ, kicking it in the second half, then the YZ generations are talking about the NBA. So even though I do the sneaker content, it's still that same name. I don't think I'm going to change that. But also speaking of rebranding, I did leave somebody out because I overlooked my notes. You know, shout out to the Phil and Lucky pod crew and um, they have rebranded. They are no longer the Phil and Lucky pod they are, I believe, the Impossibly Funny podcast. I think that's what it's called, Impossibly Funny podcast. If you want to look them up, they are on my socials as well. Uh, you know, people that I follow and they follow me back. You know, uh, I think it's two guys, Big Daddy and Lucky. And they're Bucks fans, so they were hyped. And I met them through the Tavern Geek as well because they were actually on an episode where it was like a gang of us, like it was like six of us, seven of us doing the podcast. Them two, the Tyron Geek, myself, Zach Hammer, and your Bud 36. And that was kind of cool. We only did it once. I wish we could have done that again in that setting. And uh, that was interesting. And then, you know, finding out they were Bucks fans and then talking about stuff. And I think they like UNC. And I want to talk on that because I'm salty. And, and I might get back to that later as well. But I'm salty about that loss that we had against UNC. I'm a, I'm a Duke fan, by the way, when it comes to college basketball. But anyway, yeah, congratulations to those guys for winning the championship with the books. Blah, blah, blah. Y'all have heard that. Y'all have heard that. So, um, but yeah, I definitely want to shout out those guys because they've grown as well. And they've went from being 
basically an, an affiliated with a uh, podcasting group, uh, the Hops News Crew, I think is what it was called. But now they're on their own. They just started doing that this past month, I believe. So there you there you have it. Another uh, group of guys, you know, doing successful stuff, whether you're, you're guys or girls. But those those two guys making uh, strides as far as progress and what they're doing in their journey. So and they're enjoying it. So yeah, uh, shout out to those guys for real. So um, so what the cool thing is about these guys that I'm talking about are they actually like NBA as far as basketball and they particularly have a team usually from the area they're at. Dejuan is a Utah Jazz Utah Jazz fan. Coach Monk. Like I said, I'm assuming it's uh he's a Houston Rockets fan, and or maybe any team in Dallas. I'm not sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mind it. You can tweet uh, tweet it out to me. And uh, like I said, the Feeling Lucky Pod guys, they're all over the uh, the Bucks there. And your bud 36, he is a Philadelphia 76ers fan. And if you're listening to this, I want to tell you, bro, that. I might as well just go ahead and get in the podcast right now. We're basically halfway through this. It is on my list of topics to talk about for the current NBA to get back into the basketball podcast portion of this, the Sixers. And I think I mentioned on the last podcast that the Sixers were my team to, one of my teams, I guess, to put in the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to say that I did declare in a way that the Bucks and the Sixers would be the Eastern Conference showdown for this season. And I'm not, I'm not sure how firm I am on this, but I feel pretty confident in that. Like, I, I did have to do a rundown, and I'm trying not to talk about the West too much because, you know, I'll talk. I'll start talking about the Lakers and LeBron and all that. So I'm going to try not to do that for you all. So I'm kind of more focused on the East is where most of my topics are actually generated from. So if I go off of them a little bit and might dive a little bit into the West, but it's mostly about the Eastern Conference. But the Sixers, I, I like it. And I was thinking of it right before, you know, James Harden was starting to play for them. I was like, you know, the hamstring's probably nothing too serious. You know, he may or may not have a hamstring, depending on if he just wanted to play the last bit of games for the uh, Brooklyn Nets, knowing that he may get traded or not. But, um, I was highly interested in it. Like you, you know, you have people talk about oh the ball and Joel and Joel, you know, have it in his hands, or Harden has the ball in his hands. You know, who's going to shoot? Who's going to do this? And you're going to run into those times, I'm sure. Like any team, you got to get a filler, and it's just a very small sample of games. But I think James Harden is a motivated player. You might not see it. He doesn't have like a high energy type of uh, court appearance I guess you could say like it's not low-key like Kawhi Leonard like he's like basic like he's like the 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 floor for it and like the ceiling would be like old school Russell Westbrook like just hyped up all the way you know you can't you can't get any uh more excited than that but uh yeah but James Harden he's he's I think he's on the mission to obviously you know want to win person personally then you have to consider that he was on the Brooklyn Nets team so I think it would be his duty to try to outperform them in the playoffs as far as making it further than them. But the ultimate goal is to try to make it to the finals. He's never made it to the finals. You know, when he was in the West, he made it to the conference finals. <laughs> but then you had those pesky warriors. And I'm not trying to get into the 
the West, but the Warriors are still legit. But um, in the East, I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough because of the Milwaukee Bucks. They are currently on a five-game winning streak. So that's amazing. They're, they've you know got back into the mix of good conversation, good company. They are minus three. You know who's at the top of the East? The Miami Heat. Shout out to Miami Heat fans. Three wins in a row. They're on a three-game winning streak. And they're silent. Nobody talks about them. Like, nobody does. And I kind of was talking about them, or maybe I wanted to talk about them. At the very beginning of the season, I was like, don't sleep on the Heat because it was kind of like last season was like an offseason because they played in the, the finals in that bubble season, and there wasn't too much of a layover between those two seasons. So I'm like, you got to account that. They didn't get their proper amount of rest. They didn't get any really any real um, training camp. So I was like, if they have that hunger in them and nobody's actually gotten hurt and like people like Tyler Hero or maybe even Duncan Robinson has gotten better, then it's a legit case that they will be better. They could be back. And what they're doing now, like <laughs> I'm sure they're motivated. Like nobody talks about them and they're cool with that. Like straight up, don't talk about me. Just let me do my work. You'll see me in the end. Then you could talk about me when there's nobody else to talk about. So I'm not going to sleep on them. I'm not going to be like, hey, they're not going to make it. They're up the top, but they're going to drop off. They won't have a chance of making an Easter Conference Finals. Like, they're kind of scary. So uh, Aladipo is back now. And, yeah, it's not the same Aladipo that was the All-Star. But to have him playing at this point in the year, to get a couple games in, I think most teams have about 15 to 17 games of regular season play, which is crazy. That it's almost, you know, towards the end of the season. But we still have a month and a half or two months of basketball. Uh, as far as the, the time span and weeks of playing those rest of the regular season games. But Oladipo is something that a lot of teams wouldn't mind having come off the bench. Being like a score, especially since Kendrick Nunn, who signed with the Lakers, who have who has not played at all this season is no longer with the team, but Tyler Hero has grown so much and he still has more potential that it's amazing to see what that kid's doing. And, um, but yeah, just to have Aladipo there for some relief, you know, you're not expecting him to be an all-star with his performance this season, but the Miami Heat's legit, but Philly is right behind them. Philly and Milwaukee, actually. Philly must have, the advantage over Milwaukee because Philly is in second and Milwaukee is in third, but they're both minus three. They're both three games behind Miami, but the uh, Milwaukee Bucks are in a five-game winning streak, like I said. But they're both three back, so you, you could, if that stays where it's at, then they would be facing each other before the Eastern Conference playoffs, like the second round. So that would kind of debunk my theory, but. I don't know. I feel like Philly could climb if Miami Heat drops off for sure. Uh, Milwaukee. I mean, it's just a tight race there. And what really happened was looking at Chicago, they're in fourth. So they're not bad. Obviously, they're really good this year. But they're minus four and a half games because they're on a five-game losing streak. Five games. Loss. Five games. Like, there's why you're not in number one anymore. And, of course, they don't have Lonzo Ball. I think they get him back if he's healthy. He has another dynamic. I'm more interested in them getting Alex Caruso back. And it's not that they're terribly bad. They're just in a rut. But it's so tight there in the East. Like the Boston Celtics are in fifth. And 
I know I've always ragged on the Boston Celtics. This goes back to year one because of the trade deadline. I'm like, what? They didn't try to get Nikola Vucevic, or if they did, they kept it silent and still came up with an L. But their experiment with Robert Williams, like I said, I'm sure that's what they were trying to do. But they did get Derek White this uh, trade deadline. So that was um, that was interesting to have him there uh, trading away Dennis Schroeder and obviously not having Kimball Walker this year. So he does give some type of defensive um, dynamic. I don't think he's a very tall guard, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he could play a shooting guard and point guard, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he adds some shooting and I guess some capability of of running the point and and making plays, but this gets me to one of my topics that I had, the rise of Jason Tatum. Once again, shout out to Duke. Let's go Duke. Shout out to Duke fans and um yeah, he dropped 54 over the Nets on Sunday. And they won the game when he did that. I think Jalen Brown got hurt. No, he was out. He was still out. And he's back now. And that was another thing. You know, people talk about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, it's too soon. Like, could this be a Damian Lillard, CJ type of thing? It could be. I don't see it being like that. I mean, I think once it gets to a certain extent, they would try to trade Jalen, but I like it. I like where they're at with Jalen. I don't think that's a problem. And, um, cause they're still young. They're both still getting better. Like that is the crazy thing. You always hear me talk about, especially this NBA season, the Kobe watch, like Jason's on, Jason's on top of that list for me. The next Kobe, the next player who's playing like Kobe, who has, who can have some form of that Kobe mentality or the evolution of that, I mean, Tatum, man. I mean, he dropped. I mean, he's dropping fifty-point games. Like you know, obviously you have players like Luka Doncic who could do it as well, or who has dropped fifty. Did Did DeRozan drop fifty? But I mean, DeRozan's you know several years older than Tatum. He's in his thirties, and Tatum is not even in his NBA prime, which is crazy, very crazy. Just he's just so nasty. Like I don't know. Like I had this debate years ago with. Uh, friend Moose, who was supposed to be on my podcast at some point, but it never worked out. But we used to talk about uh, Jason Tatum and Ben Simmons, and not a huge argument, but we had a debate as far as who was going to have the better career. And I was like, dude, I'll give you Simmons now as far as more consistent, because at the time, you know, when he actually started playing because his rookie year or his true rookie year, he was hurt. I was like, he's going to have more consistency because where he's at now, and even back then I was saying, I said, unless he develops a three-point shot, which I was expecting him to develop some form of a three-point shot, I was like, you're kind of seeing where he's at. He's going to stay stable outside of injuries. I said, Tatum has a lot of potential. And then it was like a year later or so. I think it might have been Kobe's last year. or No, Tatum wasn't in the league Kobe's last year. I think it was Tatum's like second year or something or his you know first off season where he trained with Kobe and I was like you know what I was like dude the dude's training with Kobe I say he already has that build like Kobe did when he was younger and that height I said dude he's training with Kobe the footwork he's already got the shot down I said so you know watch the Duke games like he can shoot the ball mid range he's getting footwork down from Kobe like it's Kobe 
yeah, like, I'm legitimately saying that this dude is going to have that potential Kobe-like game to his overall uh, weapons ability to score on on the court at will. And that's what we're seeing at this young age. Like, it is incredible. And not to mention... I think that bubble year, that bubble season, like, so like two seasons ago, like he bulked up, like he gained like 10 pounds of muscle. So yeah, he's not like LeBron size, but he's definitely bigger than he was when he was younger, which is what you usually expect for most uh, players coming into the league after their first couple of seasons or so. But dude is pretty stout and he, you know, when he drives, he kind of like, you know, goes into the defender on most occasions and that's how he gets the N1 and scores the bucket. Like, it's not just contact and get me to the line. It's like, contact, I'm making the shot, get me to the line, I'm knocking that down. Like, dude, insane. 54 points, like, just awesome. But the the Celtics, yeah, they're on the rise. But, yeah, I still don't see them in the uh, conference finals. Uh, they might be able to make the first round. I think it just depends on the matchup. Right now, if it's Chicago-Boston, if Chicago has everybody and Boston has everybody, I think I would still say Chicago. But if Boston has home court advantage, if Boston somehow becomes the fourth seed and Chicago is the fifth, I think I might still take Chicago. I mean, there's just going to be times where I think overall the Celtics, maybe like Robert Williams is going to get into foul trouble or something like that. Like Jason Tatum's going to be able to handle himself. And him and Jalen Brown's been in the playoffs multiple times now, like every season. And I think they won't have a problem. But overall, from a team aspect, I think the Bulls would have more to give in scenario-based things with a tighter rotation. But but yeah, I mean, it just depends on how the Chicago Bulls keep playing. And obviously, you, you have to consider that there might be injuries. But I like to base everything off of no injuries. And um, the Celtics are in good shape. But it's going to be tough for them to uh, be in the middle and then try to make it out the first round. I think they're just on. I think they're onto something. They have Brad Stevens in the front office. I think they're definitely onto something. Maybe they make a trade or something in the offseason or add somebody. They're getting close. They're getting real close. Like I said, uh, Robert Williams will definitely get better. Tatum and Brown are going to get better. And they're like a piece away from really making a serious push. So give it another year. You know, sleep on that right now. In my opinion, just sleep on that. But um, looking at number six down the list, Cleveland, they're five and a half games back. So they're only half a game back from Boston. Boston's only a half a game back from Chicago. That's how tight it is right there. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are on a two-game win streak. And as of the recording of this, this is uh, Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning, technically, since it's after midnight. But Tuesday... Darius Garland dropped a 41-piece with 13 assists. I didn't write down who they played. and I can't remember who they played. Obviously, I didn't watch the game. But, wow. You know, not only a first-time All-Star, but, like, doing this. Like, yo, bro, where's Colin Sexton going next year? Like, they don't need him at this point. They got all the tools they, they, they need. And if they need to upgrade something, you know, you package him with somebody else and move move it up, you know. It'd be kind of cool, though, if Colin Sexton somehow, and I should have maybe done the ESPN trade machine mock of this, but like if he could get on to the Pelicans and assuming they have Zion back because now he's supposedly back with the team, even though he's not uh, ready to do full contact practice or anything like that, 
they could have like a legit squad. Like that's overall like, wow, that looks pretty healthy, pretty stout uh, with CJ being the veteran lead guy, kind of like DeRozan is this year in Chicago. Then you have B.I., Brandon Ingram, who has been an all-star. It's been within three years, so I still consider him an all-star. And then Zion, obviously, he was an all-star uh, last year, like his healthiest year. And then um, Valanciunas, obviously, big guy, double-double machine. And you got some young guys that you might have to trade away in order to make this work. Salary-wise, I'm not sure where they're at, but if they were to make this happen... That puts them in legit conversation to uh, possibly make it to at least the second round in the West, maybe uh, the Western Conference Finals, but it's going to be tough with not having that experience of the play playoffs outside of CJ. So I would say, and Valanciunas, but I would say second round, they can get out the first round or definitely not be a play-in team. How about I say that? If they can land that, that'd be cool. Like, I feel like they're one piece away. But like I said, I'm not trying to get too far into the West. So let me go back to the East. So yeah, those are the uh, top six teams. Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston, and Cleveland. And then the next four teams hits the play-in tournament. So we're looking at Toronto, Brooklyn, Charlotte, and Atlanta. So from Cleveland to Toronto, so from sixth place to seventh place, there's a... um, during a half game difference. So Toronto's a minus nine games behind uh Miami. So they are I don't know what streak they're on, but they've been pretty playing pretty decent. Shout out to uh or not shout out, but you know, people if you're not paying attention, Scotty Barnes, I like what he's doing as a rookie. Uh he's making an impact for the team. So that's dope. Fred Van Fleet making an all-star team. He deserved it for sure. Uh, so I like what they got there. And it's crazy that, you know, obviously they don't have Kawhi. It's been several years since that happened. But they are looking good. And they're one piece off, in my opinion, as well. But they still are another team that will get better with OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes. Fred would most likely get better as well with the with the scoring. But I, I like what they have there. Uh, a first round team. I think they can make the play in turn uh make it past or out of the play in tournament. Then you got Brooklyn. Brooklyn could probably move up, but I don't think they will. I know it's gonna be tough. I, I think they might stay in the play in tournament, but obviously we expect them to make it out of the play in tournament. Then you have Charlotte, who was earlier in the season, surprisingly, like in the middle of the top six, like where were they hovering around four or five? So they drop back. So another playing tournament team potentially, because they are one game behind Brooklyn. So that puts them at uh, twelve games back from Miami, which they have, I guess, the tiebreaker over Atlanta, who is also twelve games behind Miami. So they are what tenth? So ninth and tenth between Charlotte and Atlanta. So those play-in teams, but you have the Washington Wizards surprisingly like right there, like thirteen and a half games behind Miami. So that puts them a game and a half behind Atlanta. And um, they have Porzingis now. And Kyle Kuzma is playing at a pretty good level. And Bradley Bill's talking about re-signing this offseason with the Wizards. So the Wizards, man, they're just like that team every year. Like, oh, man, not this again. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, this looks decent. But what do you expect to get out of this? Like, you are better than Pacers. Don't get me wrong. Clearly, you're better than the Knicks right now. They're 
Wow, three games behind you. A team that was in the playoffs last year. Not the play-in, the playoffs. I ain't got nothing else to say about that. But, yo, shout out to uh, RJ for real. Like, he's playing his butt off because I just need to see more consistency. But another Duke player, like, oh, yeah, and Brandon Ingram was when I talked about, you know, the uh, Pelicans for a little bit there. But uh, the Knicks, RJ, RJ is definitely balling. And uh, they got Cam Reddish, so that's interesting to see what was going to happen there in the future. But uh, I like what RJ is doing as far as looking for a shot. Uh, just being more assertive, you know, just getting that experience on his belt. Like, he's definitely in position now that if they trade Randall, that he can keep building. Like, he can be the Jason Tatum of the New York Knicks. Like, why not? Like, if Randall, Randall moves on or they move Randall on because sometimes it's like Randall's not the guy that you expect him to be. And it's kind of like at times where he acts like he is the guy when you're not playing like you're the guy, like, I don't know, but but when he plays his tail off, like it shows, like you know, just gotta roll with the punches type of thing. But there's times where it's just kind of like, dude, no, like that's not you. You're not the guy. But but RJ is definitely legit. So if they were to trade Randall away and get something, whatever the case may be, as long as they keep RJ, they got some type of piece there that could tr- attract another player. But you just trade away Randall and work from there. And you need to give Cam Reddish more playing time. Like, for real, dude. This is a uh, number one, not a number one pick, a first-round pick. And he played at Duke. So he has, he should have more opportunity than some of these veterans. But it's Tom Thibodeau's way of doing things. But, man, give him some run. He is an underrated defender. And he actually wants to get better at defense. Because I was looking at some stuff for fantasy for him last year considering this season, especially when DeAndre Hunter was hurt for the Hawks when Cam was still on the Hawks. But anyway, like I think that Cam Reddish definitely needs the opportunity to get more minutes. Then if he could start next season, like you got Cam and RJ, I think that's going to be a cool duo. That They could be like the Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like why not? I think that could be something that they can develop. And they're on rookie contracts, so cheap. Yeah, trade Randall. Just Start over. Like, if you're not making the playoffs or in the play-in race, what's the difference? At least you know you have a direction to go in with more potential. And then the Pacers, my gosh. The Pacers just, they did what they needed to do. They traded away, and they still have Miles Turner. I feel like they would probably trade him away once he gets healthy. But they did get uh, Halliburton, which is cool because he's, like, basically in the same situation and suffer it being the Western Conference. He's in the Eastern Conference, but... He's young. He's going to have time to shine. This is like, what? This is his second year in the league, and like the stats he's putting up, ridiculous. It's pretty crazy. So my question is, will Brogdon still be there or not? Or if they're going to find a way to uh, make it work with Halliburton and get him what they think he needs and use uh, Brogdon as bait. Interesting. Very interesting. Wow, what if Brogdon ended up on the Pelicans? I don't know if that would work salary-wise. That'd be crazy. Just pondering, just thinking. And then, you know, just to finish it off, don't even know why I mentioned this, but Detroit and Orlando at the bottom. Uh, Going away from that, I want to get to MVP talk real quick before I end this. Future MVPs. It's kind of weird because I kind of said this in an actual podcast earlier in the season. I think it was somewhat titled about John Morant and Steph Curry, MVPs for the season. 
because it was just like basically a couple weeks into the season and I was giving my opinion. And at that time, nobody was talking about John Morant as MVP. He was having some good stats early on, but like nobody like big was talking about that. And I was just like, dude, I think John Morant can have one of those Derrick Rose years where he's not the best overall as far as stat-wise, but because of depending on where he could have his team position and then he's just fun to watch. I think people could vote for him because, you know, it's just the press voting for him. It's not like you have to use analytics to get who should be MVP. That would be Jokic. And then followed by like Embiid. So, yeah, they're definitely in the MVP race, but Jaw is now in the MVP race and the way he's playing. And I think he can get it. But I think in order for him to get it, like for certain, like or more of a certainty for me would be if they could take over the number one seed, not necessarily ending as the number one seed in the West uh, for the season, but if they can somehow get it for just even a little bit, I think that boosts his uh, his uh, potential to get the MVP for sure because of that just being like wow, look where this guy has gotten this team, whether you agree or disagree that the team still wins games without him as far as being good without him versus him not making that big of an impact. You make an impact on your team by being a leader. Like on and off the court, you could be a leader. So, you know, if you play team sports and you've played with guys who are actually great guys to play with, you feel that. You feel like you have to fill in for that guy or – you know, if you play with some bad teammates, that's just a whole different story. But anyway, this dude's making an impact. He's definitely the leader of the team. When you say, okay, who's the go-to person? Hands down. He's the number one option. He does everything. But yeah, if they can definitely get to number one at some point, then I think that might lock it in for him. Like it'll be still a tight race. Don't get me wrong. Jokic is doing great things, but he has a better record than Jokic. And Bede's doing great things, but his thing might seem a little bit watered down now that they now that he has Harden. But that doesn't mean he's still not putting up great stats. I mean, look at him. Especially when Harden was out the other game. But, you know, not to take anything away from Embiid or Jokic. But, Jod, this could be that sneaky year. And while I'm talking about years of MVP, I mean, it's just a matter of time before Lukic would get at least one. But what if I just went on the limb just to say right now that Jod gets MVP this year? Luka gets MVP in 2023 and 2024, back-to-back MVPs. And then by 2025, I want to give it to a Duke player, so you know it's going to be Jason Tatum. Four years of picking MVPs randomly right now just based off what I'd want to see. That's how I see it. But uh, is definitely going to be in the race. But like I said, you can kind of have watered-down campaigns where it doesn't stand out as much because people feel like, well... You have a great supporting cast, even though your stats are great. Or you're Jokic, but your team isn't up as high as it is, even though they have really nobody else. Just my take on how they do things. I'm just kind of thinking of the story of whatever stuff that the writers would think when the press picks the actual MVP. No rhyme or reason really to it outside of, oh, well, this looks great, or this seems different, or we voted for this guy before, let's vote for this one. Outside of what I just said of Luka going back to back. Because he's just sensational. And I didn't really like the Dallas Mavericks at all before. But uh, I do like Luka. 
I do like Luca. I had him his first three seasons in fantasy. Did not get him this year in a trade. I wanted him. Didn't happen. But yeah, so I have a couple minutes left, but this basically finishes up the podcast. So like I did the special at the beginning and then going into the podcast. So this has been the start of season two, episode one, whatever I'm going to call this. It'll be on the title, obviously, after I've recorded this. But thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for checking out the the content or keeping up with the content. Because I'm assuming most people at this point are just people who's been listening. If you're just now joining, hey, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm trying to get this out here roughly every two weeks. Used to do it more often. And this does make it easier because it is audio only. And I can just basically record this straight onto my phone with an external microphone. But... Um, yeah, I just spend so much time just catching up on my YouTube content that once I get settled in that, I will be doing gardening work. So I can't say I'll be making more time for this, but I do miss doing this and I love doing this. So it's always like a chore to me sometimes when I'm thinking in my head, how do I, I need to get back to creating content for the podcast. I need to get back to writing down topics for, to talk about, even though I watch basketball and I enjoy it and I have random ideas sometimes I'm like okay I need to get back to writing it down and save it for the podcast or sometimes my ideas expire because I am doing it every two weeks and the topics change but yeah I do enjoy doing this once I start getting engaging uh engaged with myself with putting out the content like right now I just basically have outside of the list of teams written down and their their standings for the east like my topics are very minimum no explanation needed because I've already thought of this stuff in my head earlier and I'm just basically going off of the moment of, okay, topic, boom, what do I think about this player? Okay, this is leading to this, this is leading to that. So I do enjoy that rush, that sensation. So right now it truly feels like I am talking to y'all as if y'all are responding in real time. (laughs) So that's crazy because I'm by myself. I'm literally recording this now in my kitchen where I used to record it down in the basement when I was doing the videos, but here I am. Like this is like my workspace. I'm on my uh sitting at my kitchen island recording this looking at the outside where I can't see a thing at all cuz it's pitch black and I have the lights on at the window. So, uh there is some fruit in front of me in case you're wanting a visual like a a a stand a fruit rack with some onions and sweet potatoes uh, on the first tier, second tier, one sweet potato. And the, the bottom tier has some fresh apples and fruit. Get your apples and get your fruits. Um, you know, stay healthy. Uh, keep living life, uh, you know, positively and, and spread positivity to other people. Encourage people that need the encouragement or people that who, who could use their encouragement. And don't be afraid to meet a new friend, you know, even if it's through social media or in person. You know, uh, like I said before, be careful of stranger danger, but that's a whole different thing and aspect on life. But don't be afraid to be different and don't be afraid to be introduced to different. And it's OK. You don't have to conform to the differences of other people. Sometimes it just takes perspective and understanding. So everybody, once again, I would like to thank you all for kicking it in the second half. Kish YZ, I'm D and. You know, shout out to everybody and all the supporters once again for the wrap up of year one. This is year two. I expect to push myself even more, even if this isn't 
being pushed any further, but here we are, staying consistent, still alive, and we're keeping it going. Thank you, everybody. Peace and love.